Another day is here, and you're ready for it. What to wear? Check. Breakfast, lunch, and dinner? Check. Planning for what's next and how to save for it? That's where Bank of America can help. For your financial to-dos, Bank of America has experts ready to help get you closer to your goals. Get started at one of our local financial centers or 24-7 in our mobile banking app. Find a location near you at bankofamerica.com slash talk to us. What would you like the power to do? Mobile banking requires downloading the app and is only available for select devices. Message and data rates may apply. Bank of America and a member FDSE. When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. Great form by you hitting play on this podcast. Now, check out Same Racer, the brand new racing app for same race multi-tips. Same Racer. Download from the App Store and Google Play. Powered by Bluebet. Gamble responsibly. Call 1-800-858-858. G'day, Mike Hussey here, but you can call me Mr. Supercoach. KFC Supercoach BBL is back and there's 25 grand up for grabs. So what are you waiting for? Play today at supercoach.com.au. T's and C's apply. New South Wales authorisation number TP slash 01005. Hurry into Chemist Warehouse for 25% off the INC Sports Nutrition range. Starting from 22.49. And Kogan Mobile, New Zealand's cheapest unlimited prepay plans. Visit koganmobile.co.nz. This is Izzy and Kempe for breakfast on SENZ. It's Izzy and Kempe for breakfast on SCNZ. Woo, we're back. Someone's oh, excited. On the airways, Thursday, 20th of October. It's just after 6 o'clock. Let us know if you're up. Double eight, double three. Ooh, I'm up and about. It is Thursday. The weather is nice down here, Kempe. Give us a wee update from your ways. Nice. Mr. Tony Hickey. Tony Hickey, it is fine up here too, mate. It's still a little bit of a, a little bit of a pinch in the weather, a little bit of a cold snap. But, uh, mate, looking out your window, it's not not too bad up here as well. So, let's just hope that that sun's trying to break through, eh? Break through to that cold weather that comes up from down your way. That's where it is. <laughs> I can always tell what the weather like up in your uh, up in your area, mate, because of the, the apparel that you're wearing. You're wearing a t-shirt today. Are you okay? <laughs> yeah, mate. I'm fine today. Singlet yesterday. Singlet day yesterday. 
Um, bit of a t-shirt day today. Big day yesterday because we had running running it straight in the afternoon. Well, quite funny, mate. The sausage sausage stories. <laughs> oh, talk about laugh. I went home and I just sat there and laughed. And um, my, part, my partner said it sounded like a Will Ferrell outtake. Um, the way you're carrying on. And then I actually come and run in it straight. Me and Sam did a few ads. And then he's got like this Christmas tape of everyone's sort of, um, <laughs> everyone's mistakes during the year. And he played me half a dozen yeah. of them. I can't wait to yeah. hear it. I cannot wait to hear it, mate. It is, there's some, see, you got some gold. So, um, Was I on there? Oh, yeah, mate. There's plenty. We're all on there. He hasn't, <laughs> he hasn't missed anyone, mate. Best oh, one, best one Sammy. I heard, best one I heard was Beaver singing. <laughs> well, was he meant to be singing or not? Nah, he's just singing away. He's singing. I think he's singing the Split End song or Crowded House. Uh, no, it was Dave Domin actually. Loyal? Yeah, yeah. I think it's that yeah. one. Loyal. Call me loyal. Yeah, yeah. But he didn't get to that part <laughs> before he's realised he's been recording. Then he's just started swearing because he thought if he swore, then, you know, you've got to cut it. But Sammy's gone. Yeah. No, no, I'll just cut it out. I'll just cut the swearing out. It's fine. So, mate, the, the Christmas tape, when it's coming, apparently it'd be quite hilarious to have a listen to a good good, uh, a good sit down. The other thing I want to do is a big shout out to uh, Magnus Benro. Um, our washing machine blew out. So, you know, support the people that support us. When I bought a washing machine off Magnus Benro, good people, mate, came yeah. in, fixed it. Because our door was falling off where the washing machine was. So not only put the washing machine in, but fixed the door up. Um, so and did a really good job, mate. Washing machines flying as it always does in our house. You bloody got that much washing in it, but uh, yeah, big shout out to the crew at Magnus Benro. And I'll let you know too, there's a, also arrived yesterday on our doorstep was the old mosquito. There's a mosquito, they hate mosquitoes. So, yeah, the ad that's been going on about we've got this mosquito, um, sort of trap, you know, this me- mechanism that catches mosquitoes. So yeah, geez, uh, Jay's setting that up today. We're going to give that a crack. <laughs> so, well, you're you a bit know like how that me, goes, too, eh? Yeah, mate. You're a bit like me, eh, mate? Just just stand there and go, what do I do now? And then all the professionals and our lovely wives get the job done. Oh, I've got a good story about the, the washing machine. Putting the washing machine in with my good friend Henry Hewitt up in Auckland. Well, dumb and dumber, blind leading the blind. Anyway, we put these washing machines in and, uh, oh, Okay, we put them together. It's a washing machine and a dryer. So the dryer, or no, I think it's a washing machine, when it travels from overseas, it's got bolts that go on the back to stop the tumble turning. Yeah. And that's probably the, when you when you read the, you know, the way the instructions to put it together, it says make sure you take out the bolts. But old Daggy skips it, thinks he's, uh, you know, thinks he's got the job done. We put these washing machines to, to in the little areas. Anyway. We're like, yeah, we're done, brother. Do high fives. We turn it on. And then all of a sudden, this machine just starts going ballistic. Starts going, boom, 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 boom. It's like it's possessed. And I'm going, wow, what's going on here? Anyway, took us an hour to figure it out. But before then, we thought it would be builders. So we're like, bro, we've got to go build some blocks. Because there was like a little space, like a little 10 centimetre space that was, you know, not holding it together so it wasn't able to move. So we went and built these blocks. <coughs> And we shoved them in there, and we're like, bro, we've done it. We've done it. We put these blocks in to stop it moving. Done it. High-fived again. Anyway, pushed it on. Turned it on, and then 
Nah, the blocks didn't work, and it started like coming out towards us, like it was chasing us down the hallway. And I was like, "Holy!" You know, Daisy comes in, she starts reading. She's like, "Hey, did you take the rods out?" We're like, "Rods? Well, they." She's like, "Pull it out." Four rods in the back, stopping this um, tumbling um, washing machine to be able to spin. And we're like, "Oh my god!" Took it out. And now it just purrs like a cat. And we're like, oh my god! If we had probably pushed the button again, it would have broke. It would have burnt out the motor, <laughs> snapped everything in half. And that was the only appliance I put in our household, mate. What an absolute idiot! Oh, the nightmare! Bloody idiot! The nightmare! Whoever, whoever decided that you know, just flat packing stuff and getting you to getting the normal Joe to put stuff together was actually a good idea. You know, you just oh, I hate that you get it. Come, you go in there into a shop and you look at it and go, "Man, that looks really good." Yep, no, we'll get one of those. And then they drag it out in a flat box and you go, "Mate, where's where's the thing I just bought?" And they go, "It's in that <laughs> box, mate. You got to put it together." And, nah, take it back. <laughs> I put nothing oh. together because always when you put something together, there's always leftover bolts. <laughs> you go, yep. Where do the bolts go? Like, I'm sure I put them all in there. You know, oh, mate, the worst mate. one I ever had. Me and Kevin Edel, I mean, he had his he had his girl, and he decided to buy a um, a backyard gym, so it had a mm-hmm. like a slide, a swing, <laughs> and a climbing <laughs> climbing device. And in the end, he put it together by on his own, mate. I just sat down. I went, nah, I'm out. <laughs> we couldn't get this. It was uh, probably real simple to some people, but mate, we just couldn't get this thing to go. What was meant to take? They reckon it took an hour to put together. Took us a whole day, uh, and in the end, after about three hours, I went, "Nah, man, I'm out. I'm done. I'm not doing any more." Yeah. So yeah, there's plenty of those, Kempi. There is plenty of them, and you out there would would have the same, well, sort of thing happen to you. Double eight, double three. A frustrating moment, or just a real dumb moment that you've had putting something together because. There was another thing. I had to put this little kitchen together for the playground, for their little, um, their little play, little castle out there, a little thing out the side, their little playground out there. And uh, me and Henry were sitting in this little thing. It was thirty degrees, and Daisy's like, "Can you put this little kitchen together?" And we're like, "Oh, serious?" She's like, "Yeah, so there's four hours. It took me and Henry little screws, little things." Daisy comes out, you know, gives us a little beer, and we're like, "I'm like, go away! I can't believe you're making me do this." It took us four hours, still standing to this day. But what I would love to say to all you manufacturers out there, it was. Just make it a little bit easier when they come in the box, please. When they come in the box, just maybe a little bit more done, you know, so maybe you have to put two or three screws together. I don't mind if the box is a lot bigger than it probably uh, should be, but that just makes it a hell of a lot easier. It is nothing worse, eh? It is nothing worse when you get this box and you're, like, got to sit down for three hours and put it all together, and then, well, two weeks later, it's falling apart. <laughs> You're like, oh no, I must have forgot that screw. I, I I thought that screw was meant to go in there, but I lost it, so I just thought I'd get away with it. But no, the seat's falling apart. Sorry, Daisy, I don't know what's going on there, hun. I don't know what happened there. Well, you put it together, Dag. I know I did, but I put everything together right. Yeah. Uh, oh, anyway, mate, yeah. that's a... There'll be a thousand. Good tell you what, there'll be a thousand <laughs> stories out there about people putting stuff together. Yeah, you know, the ones where you screw the screw in and the and the thing cracks, so you turn it around. Yeah. You turn it. I'll just hide that crack. Or <laughs> <laughs> well, you put that bolt on, and it's not really screwing in uh, as as easily as you thought, but you continue to screw. 
and then you thread it, <laughs> oh. and you're like, oh, well, it'll still stay there next minute. It's broken. But anyway, that was a, a disaster. That was one of my disasters, and uh, we've had plenty of them, Kempe, washing machine. That thing just sprung to mind. But anyway, lads, Louis Herman Watt, good to see you, brother. We've got Joe and Neeps in the back room doing a flying job. Look forward to having Bricky with you lads tomorrow morning. I'm up in the studio. I can't wait. And, well, Grant Elliott, he's up and about. Let's go, Pango. Enjoy the show, brothers. Nice to hear from Bears McCullum yesterday. Yes, it was great to hear from Bears and great to hear you're up and about. No doubt you'll be working hard, my mates. And uh, another one here from Mark. Morning, boys. Good day yesterday. Backed the winner of the Geelong Cup. Made up for a couple of weeks of unlucky punting. Mark, what was it, Emersery? Emersery? Man, they paid 19 bucks. Well done, you got paid there. Yeah, I thought, the favourite, I thought the favourite was home oh. in that one too. Maybe just, just got Ran back a down, little bit. Ran down, surefire. Yeah. Oh, mate. Just my day. Just my day, Kimpy. Just my day. That was my shining light to get the job done. But I'll probably do it. I haven't checked the second league. You know, I had another one in the second league. I would have lost that too. It was a tough day. Tauranga, obviously, with flying. Opie was uh, a man on a mission. He got a couple of done. And uh, there was a horse actually racing in race four or five, Sadaka. Well, one of my mates owns that. And, well, good on you for ringing me up and saying, did you back it? I said, no, nah, you didn't tell me. So cheers for that. Um, Sadaka <laughs> won. And uh, another big day of racing. Aroha, morning to you. Uh, I'll just give you a quick update what we got going on, on the show, and then I'll have a wee chat to Louis Herman Watt. See how he is today with his beautiful port tie on, eh? You're looking sharp there, Louis. NBA fans, how good is it to have the great game back on the airways? Last year's finals, finals teams got their campaign off to a good start. The Celtics, too good for the 76ers, and the Warriors. Oh, just too good for my Lakers. They tried. The big three tried. LeBron James, Anthony Davis, and Russell Westbrook, but not good enough for, well, Steph Curry. MVP favorite already, I reckon. He is the man. How good is that boy? Anyway, Michael Grange, Raptors and NBA fanatic, will join the show after seven to talk some NBA. And then TJ Pedernara, NPC final is here. As Wellington heads south to take on favourites, Canterbury. TJ will join the show and, well, he'll probably come on, be confident as ever and trying to prove many Cyclops, one up in there in Auckland, wrong this weekend when they head south to take on Canterbury. And they're more than an athlete, boys. This one's going to be a beauty because Dave Latelli, a.k.a. Brown Butterbean, will join the show. He's obviously, uh, you know, been on our tellies trying to forge a boxing career, did a great job there, but now his impact off the out of the ring and in the community is huge. So we're going to um, have a chat to Dave Latelli around uh, 8 o'clock, and I'm really looking forward to that. And then we've got Dave uh, Debbie from Property Apprentice coming on to finish the show. So a huge show, double eight, double three, Temper Bib Post, Text Machine. Messages coming through. Are you up and are you about ready to rip into your day? Well, 0800 150 Boys, did you get that message, uh, Louis? Did you get that uh, tweet from Brett from Huntley? Those sausages, power, pork and power sausages that the great one, Matt Watson, whipped together. How do we watch? And, man, my mouth was drooling. Yeah, it's delicious, wasn't it? Uh, they, I did oh. see that, Izzy. The tweet that Brett sent through, it was, um, oh, pork and power. 
That's it. Just naughty. So good, eh? I actually went. Oh, I forgot to. Ah, bugger, that's what I forgot to do. I went and bought some New Yorker porkers yesterday. I was going to post the photo to uh, our Twitter page and say, just tried and true. You know, nothing wrong with New New Yorker porkers. Yeah. Shannon's out of town. She's back home for the week, so I'm uh, meat and probably meat. <laughs> <laughs> Diet for the next wee <laughs> while. Literally barbecue. I don't want to deal with any dishes. I don't want any sort of inside cooking. Straight to the one barbecue. Cup, one plate, to fork and knife. Oh, just rotate. It's like camping. Inch. It's like camping in our, my own house when Shannon's not there. Yeah. <laughs> she 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 looked at the shop I did for myself and she's like, "This is a classic." She's like, "This is the most <laughs> Louis shop ever." You got gherkins. You got five different types of meat. Salami, a loaf of bread, and some cheese. <laughs> She's like, you're just such a oh. bloke. You're so predictable. We're not that predictable, are we? Well, we kind of are. Let's be honest. We are, mate. Racing, we are so predictable. Meat, footy, meat, racing, punting, footy. <laughs> it's pretty straightforward around here. So, Simple, isn't it? Yeah, no one's going to be too confused. But it was a massive day of sport yesterday because the. Yankees progressed to, they were just seeing this pop up now, they um, bet the Guardians quite convincingly. Ooh. So they go through to take on the Astros. There's been no love lost in this uh, rivalry over the last wee while. And then it was the first day of the NBA season, so I was mm. sat in front of the screen all day watching all of the hoops, and, um, yeah, the Celtics were, were so impressive. And after their kind of shambles with Ime Adoka and the coach, they got a, a young interim coach mm. in, and... Now, they were really impressive, kind of stamped their authority. Um, and then I've, all I've been doing really is just Cox plate form. Just can't wait for the weekend. So it's going to be big. Big weekend. Big weekend, Louis, for sure. Racing, plenty going on. Sport, we've got our Black Ferns taking on Scotland. Silver Ferns the got Silver rolled. Ferns mm. got, got rolled brutalized. last night. Oh, brought right back down to planet Earth. Just from the outset, started slow. The uh, didn't have the same impact they were able to have, particularly with uh, deliveries into the goal goal area. Um, I think they read 26, 26 less opportunities to be able to get the ball into the goal area. So if you're not getting any deliveries into Grayson Norwicky, you got no chance. So mm-hmm. now nah, they were uh, ambushed, but it makes for a yeah, ambushed. It makes for a great series going to goal um, Gold Coast. Winner takes all. Silver Ferns getting the job done. Do you think it's a tough one, eh? I was thinking about Matty Gordon coming in, knowing how hard, uh, how well Peter Toyava played. Matty Gordon coming in, you'd be under so much pressure. I've been in that situation, you know, when uh, Nehemiah Scudder was playing. Uh, and I obviously wasn't playing. And you give someone else an opportunity and they take it. And how do you approach that situation? Man, it is difficult because you know you try not to take it you know, think about it too much, but deep down you're like, man, I've really got to play to play really well here. If I don't, then my my opportunity's done, um, gone, and it's a difficult one to approach. So, man, wonder you know, Maddie Gordon would have been thinking about it probably too much, and if you try too much, things can go pear shaped. So, yeah, be interesting. See what the folders of the Silver Ferns when they take on. Australia and uh, you know obviously Australia dealing with their own situation with the Hancock sponsorship deal and people turning their back. I was into reading on that too. Um, Sonny Bill Williams inspired that change when he come through and said he'd want to um, didn't want certain logos on his 
on his rugby jersey, particularly with NIB over in Auckland with the Blues when they used to sponsor there. So he obviously got that put in his contract and uh, one of the players for the Australian team was went down the same line. She didn't predict the whole um, Australian squad to, to back her and support her. Um, but now it's all, yeah, been a bit of a conundrum over there. So it's interesting, Louis, because I was reading in the ICC Cricket World Cup, MP2, that uh, one of the major sponsors for the man of the match is a Saudi Arabian-backed company, <coughs> and the players are going to turn their back on that too. And ICC has actually supported it, and actually supported it. So uh, it's interesting how it's all going with the dynamics of, of sponsorship and, and, and deals out there. The only issue is there's just contradictions everywhere, and you kind of go oh, down this, ra- this Like I remember the Sonny Bill Williams one, but then... I think it was BNZ, which was all over the stuff as well. And so bot banking is, yeah. It, the contra- Once you go down this rabbit hole, it kind of fo- you find it hard to commit to it unless you pretty much want to jeopardise your career. But yep. that's, as far as I can tell, like there's always going to be a line you have to draw somewhere because the the reality is these sponsorships go so far and wide. But it's interesting you, you lobbed out the Cricket World Cup, is he? Can't wait question of the day. Because that's what I want to ask you, lads. Kempi, Izzy, and everybody on double eight, double three. Get up, get up. I, I want to ask you a real simple one here. What are your genuine expectations from the Black Caps of this World Cup? Because I think they've changed. I think if you asked this question at the start of the year, it would have been win. It might still be win, but I think there are a lot of caveats now. I think they're in a far different place than they were six months ago than they were a year ago. And I'm a little bit worried, to be honest. I think they need to find two or three lengths, maybe three or four lengths on this field. And I want to know what your head, where your head is at with the Black Caps ahead of this T20 World Cup and where your expectations are at now. Because the drums are beating, boys. 22 minutes past six. Have a good think about that. 0800 150 811. Can I our phone line? Come on. First in, best dress. Light us up like a Christmas tree. We're talking Black Caps. Here with Chemist Warehouse. Great savings every day. What's your expectation for the Black Caps? Can't wait question of the day. Nice and simple because the T20 World Cup kicks off very shortly. Saturday night, Black Caps Australia here on SCNZ. They've missed their last chance as a warm-up game. They're going in stone cold. And not like Steve Austin, is he? Where are you at? Um, for me, before the tournament, I was hoping a final, but I think top four is probably more realistic. Top four at the moment. Um, you don't, just haven't really jailed. Look, they, they do really step up in, in big tournaments, and they can surprise us fully. But, yeah, I'm just a little bit apprehensive at the moment. So top four, realistically, for, for me, uh, I think that'll be a hell of an effort. Knowing with the uh, the form that we're taking into it, so top four um, would would be um, satisfying for me. I definitely want them to win it, but I think that's a hell of a push. Kimby, yeah, look, I I uh, I had the same question posed to me yesterday. I'm running it straight when we were talking about uh, the Rugby League World Cup, and got to be really careful when you're you're talking about World Cups that teams they show up in a different frame of mind, and if you write them off too early, have a look at England that couldn't. Pre- couldn't beat Samoa in the first game, go out there and tonk them by 60. Um, I think once the World Cup starts, then all bets are off. And as, they, as they've as shown, and Bez touched on it yesterday, they can come out and, and put some games together and and, um, and find some form. So 
look, I, I would hate to say that they're, they're going to they're gonna struggle because I, I've watched that many of those World Cups and seen teams come through when they look like they should have been written off and, and performed really well. So I'm going to go with the benefit of the doubt here and I'm going to say the experience in the, in the start of the, the World Cup um, that they'll hit the ground running and that they'll be there or thereabouts come, come the big games. So your expectation is? Oh, my expectation is that I think that they'll I think that they'll go all right. I, I honestly do. I think come come the time when you know the coin toss and they get out there and they they actually there's there's the World Cup on the line. They'll come they'll come to the fore. They'll come to the fore. I think that I think by writing them off, you write you write teams off. I'll never write a team off in a World Cup. And are you thinking? So are you thinking final? Australia was the same. Like I'll go back and I keep saying about the two thousand and eight Australian great side that would could never get beat. And the Australians did the same thing and said they win the World Cup. They're the best team ever put together, they'll win the World Cup. That's the other side of the argument. I'd look, I'll say if you say they're never going to make it, they'll probably make it. So I reckon they'll I reckon they'll start they've got that they've got that World Cup experience. I'm backing yeah. them. Yeah, they got the competitive competition experience for sure. And we know how co- competitive they are come all formats in the competition. Just a little bit uninspired as of late but hey it is a World Cup and they can go there and, and surprise many want them to win it for sure but realistically I'm thinking yeah top four yeah I think I think I'm with you Izzy to be honest and I think my expectations have changed over the last literally probably six months but even more so over the last three months and then two months counting down the more I think about it the more I say they're actually got their backs against the wall here they're in group one with Australia England and Afghanistan and two teams from the qualifying rounds um, that'll, that'll finish Oof. on, wait, what do we say? Yeah, tomorrow. So we'll know who they are very shortly uh, to round out our group. But it is a, it's a brutal group. It is a, there's no breathing room, really. You have to go out and you have to hit the ground running and win. 29 away from seven. I've got a stack of your messages here on double eight, double three, where your expectations are for the Black Caps. We're going to get to those just after the news with Aroha for Kubota, together with Shaping and Building New Zealand. Mark, Dave, and the crew, Brett, stay there because I'll get to your messages after this. SNZ with 27 away from 7 this morning. We've got a huge show coming up, including Dave Latelli himself after 8 o'clock. Uh, we got so much EPL to hook ourselves into today, of course. Man, you speak about backs against the walls against Tottenham, quarter past 8. Liverpool, West Ham at 7.30. That'll be a great game to get your eyes on. On, we'll keep you updated throughout the morning uh, with Bunnings Trade. We're here to make your job easier because helping businesses our trade. Just a couple of other headlines. Well, you heard about the commentary you'll hear tonight from Group A, UAE versus Namibia. I was just looking to find out the Black Caps draw, and we're going to have the winner of Group A in the mix there as well to face. At the moment, it's looking like Netherlands have kind of got a mortgage on that group. Sri Lanka in there as well. Uh, the Netherlands, so they are two from two. Well, we know we can handle the Netherlands. 
as we've done the hit time after time, especially on the latest tour. Last night, the Silver Ferns, well, it becomes a bit of a shootout now, literally up on the Gold Coast, because they got a hiding at John Kane Arena in Melbourne, 62-47, which a 15-goal split and goal difference is very dangerous now. Because if this goes 2-2, well, all of a sudden, it's then on Goldie who takes that Constellation Cup. So I think that would have been disappointing for them to walk away, not just with their tail between the legs after the loss, but a 15-goal demolition job is exactly what they didn't want. And the Rugby League World Cup, Kempi rolls on today. Who we got? We've got... Cook Islands, Wales. Cook Islands, Wales. This morning, that's a good game. Cook Islands are the, the smoky because in their group, Papua New Guinea losing to Tonga yesterday. They, the game this weekend coming, which is Cook Islands against Papua New Guinea, is the biggie, along with Lebanon Island. So if Ireland beat Lebanon, because everyone was thinking New Zealand Lebanon go through, then Ireland go through. Yeah. And if the Cook Islands beat New Guinea because they thought Tonga New Guinea would go through, the Cook Islands go through. And talking to Kevin Edel, on the weekend, man, he's quite bullish of the Cookie Boys. I'm loving it. And then you got Luke Carey running around with the Irish. Well, Luke Carey, I don't know if you watched the Irish game, but Luke Carey was outstanding. He's he ran for 166 metres, set up three tries, scored one himself. They took him off for 20 minutes to go. <laughs> you know what I mean? Some, so, someday out. I know. It just he's, I love he's a difference. This comp. I love this comp, Kempi, because you think back in the, the older days or past, past World Cups, you think there's three competitive teams and all the other op- smaller nations got smoked. Now we've got PNG that pushed Tonga right to the brink. You've got Italy beating Scotland. You've got Ireland showing their class. Lebanon, they're going to be a smoky for sure. They're going to get um, create a few upsets. Like, oh, I love it. I love it because everyone is competitive, and that's what you want from a World Cup. There is no... Easy beats, whereas long uh, previous World Cups, you just think, ah, oh, man, this is wait till the playoffs because you know who's going to be there. But now there's a bit of that uncertainty. I love it. The Super League and Championship clubs love it up there too because you only have to, mm. they've got strict um, immigration laws, but you only have to play one game in the World Cup and you can sign a contract in the UK. So all right. of the teams up there are over the whole competition. Oh. And watching the Papua New Guinean game yesterday, I was like, man, the Warriors need to get up there. They, I'll sign that front <laughs> rower and that hooker. Like the yeah. hooker was outstanding. And do, what do we need at the Warriors? We need a hooker. Yeah, you know what yeah. I mean? So there'll, there'll be a lot of players picked up. Um, their front row for Papua New Guinea, I was thinking, because generally at an NRL club you need half a dozen good front rowers, but he's coming back to the NRL. And it's such a good point, Kempi, because in the T20 Cricket World Cup at the moment, there's so many world, uh, leagues around the world right now. All of a sudden, the, these players that get a chance for Namibia and UAE and Netherlands to get exposure on the global stage, scouts around the world, you can make yourself a lot of money very, very fast. And on the cricket, got to get to these messages. Mark says, all the Black Caps need is a bit of self-belief. We know all know how good they are individually. They just got to click together and they can beat any team. And that's the story of T20 cricket, Mark. So I do take your point there. I do think the Black Caps have dropped down the pecking order in recent times to have a chance they need to win early, gain momentum. My pick is Pakistan. That's David Karak, and he also says Cox played Zaki. Well, you wouldn't be the only person tipping Zaki. There you go, Dave, in Karaka. And if we can hit the ground running and knock off the Aussies to get a bit of self-belief and momentum, that'll be a huge, 
huge part of it. Uh, misguided optimism maybe on the Black Caps. T20 games can be won by an individual having a blinder with bat or ball. We lack a bit of confidence a win or two could change that. Same line of thought from Brett. Tony says he'd be very disappointed if we don't make the final. So your expectations are still sky high, Tony. Anybody else? Double eight, double three, oh eight hundred one five zero eight eleven. And we've got another one here. Morning, boys. I think the captaincy is an issue at the moment. Seems like we're playing defensive test match play in all forms. Where we have a team on the ropes, we don't stamp the throat. Yeah, a lot of people have been thinking this. We don't have the next BMAC mindset, whereas we're putting the kitchen together and read the instruction. Oh, no, this is... As for putting the kitchen together, read the instructions, boys. Leave the screws in the label box they come in. Easy, Daggy. <laughs> <laughs> oh, cheers for that. Cheers for that. But, yeah, look, I'll, I'll, I've gone on the same line, eh? Like, just that mindset. Uh, we've always been attack, 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 you know, go to the trenches and, and deal with the result later. But, yeah, we just haven't really got the same mindset. And confidence is a huge factor of that. Louis and Kempi, confidence. When you got confidence, you got belief, you go for anything. And right now, there's just a little bit of, they're lacking that at the moment. So, Izzy, you know yeah. the old adage in cricket that you can really get the vibe on a team and a read on the team by their work in the field? And yeah. and for and and just recently, especially during this tri series, the murmurings around and the Black Caps have fronted it. And Luke Ronke and Smithy spoke about it the other morning. Just the noticeable drop in quality and fielding and intensity in the field, it's a massive red flag. And that mm. probably all comes from this confidence and just momentum. It's that intangible part of sport that you guys both know so well, Kempi from coaching and playing. And Izzy, when you get red hot, what what's that feeling like when the team is just on? You, you get a you get a gauge of where the team's at when you when they mm. do the things that are that other teams don't want to do, like getting off the ground or making that tackle or or chasing back, knowing that someone's made a break and they're potentially going to score, but you'll chase them right to the death to stop them from getting close to the goal because you might save two points in the end. It's like Baz, he's come on the show. You get a real inkling of where the team's at from their fielding. Mm. If the ball's going for four, you chase it till it hits that boundary rope and you chase it 100%, then you stop when it hits that boundary rope. You're running twos, you're running pairs, mate. And at the moment, they're dropping sitters. The, the, the fielding's not quite where it's at. So that just shows the confidence isn't there and they're, they're probably just lacking a bit of um, vigour at the moment. And, yeah, like that's where you get a real telling point. The things that um, teams probably don't look at or, or mm. pundits, fans, that you, you probably don't take much notice of. If you're a genuine enthusiast on cricket and sport, you look at the little things of where you get a gauge exactly. with the team. Exactly, and what did Baz do when he when he took over? Every every little thing just went up a notch, didn't it? And you do, and you do, you do, Louis. Like the difference when you, everything's going well is the little things. Every little thing is being done properly, and they just and it's done for the whole duration of the game, and that's the difference. That's the difference between great teams and good teams. So where is it for the Black Caps? Double eight, double three, oh eight hundred one five zero eight eleven. What are the little things they need to nail in this World Cup? And as you talk about Baz, I remember him having a crook back at the end of his career and still putting himself through advertising hoardings because he says, "If I don't do it, how can I ask my teammates to do it and the people yep. that want to follow me into battle?" And that was one of his. That's why he endeared himself. Well, one of the reasons to the country, his commitment always for that black jersey. 18 away from seven. 
Quizzy Dag up after this. 0800 I've seen the quiz. It is a piece of piss. 0800 Neeps is, I don't know. I don't know what <laughs> Neeps is doing. He's had another injury in he's the in shower. He's in a nice mood. Yeah, he's, a, he's in a giving mood. 0800 Come on, first call of three probably wins. This is on the line. Just one at a time. Don't Google a lie. Phone a friend, you'll be fine. Just listen for the signs. TAB with the prize. 50 bucks if you wise. If you're wrong and then we'll say goodbye. This is how we do it. This is how we do it. Quizzy that come play it. Quizzy that come play it. 0800 150 811. Now give us a call. Yes, give us a call and they have called because they are up. Get up, Brett from Huntley. Morena to you. I'm already pretty. Are you there? Yo, yo. Yeah, 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 I'm here. <laughs> Brett, mate, I'm up, those I'm sauces, up about. Those, those singers looked so good. That's what I mean. Who's long? Oh. We've got a movie to get some of those. <laughs> Well, I love you see Matt Watson's new house. He doesn't have a lawn, mate. He's got a Mount Everest all Ooh. around him. You just, go for, you just go. F- you just get us the power. Place. That's right. You just go for a dive <laughs> and a hunt. You make them for us. Yeah. 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 Beautiful. All right. Good luck, pretty. Here we go. Question number one: Which current boxing champion will feature in the third Creed movie starring Michael B. Jordan? Ooh, I don't know. I didn't know that one was coming up. Um, current boxer. Nah, I don't know. Dillian White. Dillian White is incorrect, pretty. Appreciate your call as always, mate. Have a good day. Jade from Hamilton. Morena to you. Morena, boys. How are we? Morena, Morena. We are good. We are up and about today. Get up. Which current boxing champion will feature in the third Creed movie starring Michael B. Jordan? Yeah, I wouldn't have a clue. Do we have a clue? Oh, he's a ginger. <laughs> ginger. Oh, uh, the Mexican. Um, oh, oh, boy. Okay. <laughs> his, his name's. <laughs> Sorry. <laughs> Sorry, Jade. Have right, a good day. You're on, on the, the right, right line. <laughs> Oh, here we go. Timmy from Christchurch. More energy, Tim. How you going, mate? Good. Is it Canelo Alvarez? Canelo Alvarez. Great clue there, Kimpy. You got him. You startled him. There's LJ. Anyway, question number two. The Golden State Warriors beat the LA Lakers yesterday in one of the first games of the regular season. Which Golden State Warrior has a golf handicap of around two? I'll beat him. Uh, is it Steph Curry? <laughs> Steph Curry, yeah, Steph Curry. He hasn't shot 47 over. Anyway, question number three. <laughs> the lightweight belt is on the line this weekend at UFC 280 in Abu Dhabi. Who currently holds the lightweight belt? Well, Charles Oliveira did hold it, but he actually got stripped, so nobody holds it. Oh, very Bang. good. No one, it's vacant, baby. Well done. Well done. He's on the pulse. Here we go. Question number four. The Great Winks won four Cox plates. Who was her trainer and jockey for all of them? Oh. 
Can I get a clue? Uh, dollar, dollar on a boat, man. Chris Waller? And? Ed? Oh, um... Uh, no idea. Oh! Oh! I'll give you another clue. Pango! Jeremy Anderson, good morning to you. G'day, team. How you going? Oh, Jezza. We are good, my friend. We are very good. Where are you from? Uh, Marcelin. Ikarahuna, originally, actually. Ikarahuna. Ikarahuna. Wow, wee. I've driven through there, blinked, and I've missed it. What a spot. Yeah. <laughs> Love it. It is. It is a beautiful spot. How would beautiful you know? Spot. <laughs> it's got a golf course. There's a golf course here. He must have seen the, the Kiwi, wins. surely. He must have opened his eyes. <laughs> <laughs> Question number four, Jeremy. The Great Winks won four Cox Plate. Who was their trainer and jockey for all of them? Uh, Chris Waller and Hugh Bowman. Hughie Bowman. Get up, Bowie. Question number five. A world-renowned mountain bike festival will be taking place in Rotorua in early November this year. What is it called? Oh, God. Is it a memorial tournament? Um, you get a clue. Uh, Keepers got a clue. clue. Yeah, clue. Clue, please. Uh, okay. Well, it's a shaft. <laughs> <laughs> Uh, okay. uh, let's go. Is it is it is it the Craig Work Grand Tour? <laughs> <laughs> Craig Work Grand Tour. Jesus, all the way from Ekerahuna. Get that in ya. Yeah. Well done. Yeah. Is, that? is it the Craig Grand Tour? Yeah. It was a clue. Craig Sharp. It was the clue. Eh? Yeah, yeah. You got it. Yeah, you well, got it. Yeah, I think we all know it is, Jess. Well done, mate. Ikarahuna, that's taking the prize. You blink if you miss it. Yeah, well, Jess didn't blink there. Two eyes straight on his screen. Six away from seven. $50 TV bonus for heading to Ikarahuna. We'll be back with a couple of your messages to round out the hour after this. First out, strong energy. Get up, said Daggy. First thing in the morning. And we're going to get up and talk some NBA hoops after seven. But, Kempi, there's a message here from you, and I think it's from an Australian. It says, morning lads, everyone's whining that the Kiwis and Kangas will run into each other in the semis, but that's the same draw from the last World Cup. But too bad the Kiwis didn't make it that far. <laughs> yeah, I love, I love oh. it how the Aussies, you know, that Aussie-Kiwi uh, relationship, especially in rugby league, is alive and kicking, is alive and kicking. Yep, let's have that text at the semi-final, eh? We'll see. <laughs> well, to be the best, you've got to beat the best. And to get there, you've got to go through everyone, no doubt, and... I love it. I love it. A competitive rugby league World Cup. And also, what else is competitive is the NBA. It tipped off yesterday with two of the finals teams, well, just resuming their campaigns, an emphatic performance there. And, well, Steph Curry, Jason Tatum, Brown, performing really, really well. Coming up, Michael Grange talking all things NBA. But here's Aroha with the news for Kubota. Together, shaping and building New Zealand. Support a healthy gut with the Metamucil range now starting from 1979 at Chemist Warehouse. And Kogan Mobile, New Zealand's cheapest unlimited prepay plans. Visit koganmobile.co.nz. This is Izzy and Kempe for breakfast on SENZ.
Get up! We're here. Izzy Kempe for breakfast. SCNZ with a little bit of spice of Louis Herman Watt. Just a sprinkle on the top. Joe in the back room doing a great job on the buttons. Hey, Joey boy. Neeps. He's flying. Good quiz, Neeps. Ekerahuna. They're listening. How good. And Aroha keeping us up to date with the news. Woo! Thursday. 20th of October, it's just after 7 o'clock, and the message come through. Did Izzy slam Carmen line at Tarapa? 3.50 into $3 in an hour. Pro S to me is the best three-year-old filly, and $3.50 gold. Get up, Cammy. No, Cammy, it wasn't me, my friend. It wasn't me. It wasn't me at all. But I'll go have a wee look-see at that one, and uh, might have a wee dabble. There is so much racing going on this weekend. How good. There's a message come through, Louis. Well, this was actually from the other day when Louis went over to the Everest. The event of all events. Louis, the Everest sounds epic. It highlights where sports needs to go. Sport has to be secondary to the experience. The Black Clash is the same. It's about having fun, some drinks, having a party. I haven't been to any professional sports games this year because the experience is boring. It doesn't matter how good the game match race is in New Zealand. PC Brigade. Have ruined it all because you're not allowed to have fun. They need to embrace it. Penny, Great text. Totally agree. Totally, totally agree, mate. And there was a, a little snippet yesterday of uh, Ellerslie Race Day when the BGP boys get up and they get wild up yeah, there man. in the stands. There's only one Opie Barson. Shake Sherrock. All the Shake Sherrock. I betcha Louis Herman Watt was right up. And amongst it, am I right, Louis? Yeah, yeah, oh yeah, oh yeah, for years now. But um, the, I guess it's funny, eh? Because the, the Australians actually always looked at that and the Karaka Million Night atmosphere that you know Paul Wilcox, Luke Kimmies, and the crew had been able to establish, and they'd gone, "How do we get that?" I mean, in their own backyard, they have an atmosphere and an experience that's already just on another level. But I tell you what, the Karaka Millions it was a linchpin. It now is the, one of the most important racing dates on the calendar the Everest has become it as well what Peter Valandes has done with that I'm still buzzing from it and I just it's so important to capture that Gen Z that next gen the vapors the uh, <laughs> the new age punters and um, that's what he's done so yeah good message there from Paddy yeah and the BGP P-Boys do a fantastic job too inspiring and bringing the younger generation into it so Louis keep Keep up the great work with your good friend, Lukey. Uh, we're going to be talking racing later on in the show with a bit of rugby and more than an athlete after 8 o'clock. But right now, it's 7 past 7. Yes, after what feels like a long off-season, the NBA is back. The Golden State Warriors and Boston Celtics both looked impressive on opening day, indicating that a finals rematch may be on the cards. Of course, there's 81 more games left in the season, and the majority of the teams in the league haven't even touched the hardcore yet. That will change today with a stack of NBA action to look forward to to throughout the afternoon to help us make sense of the wild NBA landscape for another year is Sportsnet reporter and massive Raptors guy Michael Grange from up in good old Canada. G'day Michael, thank you so much for joining us mate. 
Thank you so much for having me on. This is a real, uh, real honor. Thank you. Yeah, we appreciate you coming on the airways down under, mate. Uh, it's all happening. Day one, tipped off. Pretty surprised with uh, the end results or just two of the favourite teams resuming as they left off last year? Yeah, I guess I would say not too much of a surprise. I mean, the Warriors showed that they are still the class of the NBA and, and that their kind of experiment um, and combined with a bit of luck where they, you know, they had a couple of years into the lottery and they ended up yielding some really good young players and then their your their veterans have kind of hung on for the most part and so as a result they have the deepest team in the NBA I would argue maybe mm-hmm. there's a couple of other teams that that would compare but you know you look at uh, what they're able to roll out on the floor in support of uh, Steph Curry and and uh, you know the rest and 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 I think that there's a lot of reason for optimism there so and then the Lakers are you know they are what they are right like they have two superb players um, and then a bunch of question marks. And, and I think that's going to be the real story for them all season is can Anthony Davis, who looked pretty good early on last night and sort of lost the plot as the game went along, you know, can he be <laughs> an MVP level player for 70, 75 games? And his track record says no. But if he can do it, then that changes the math for the Lakers. Um, they shot, what, 10 of 40 from three. You got LeBron already kind of lamenting the lack of three-point shooting on the roster, so I'm sure Rob Palenka heard that, the GM. Um, and so the soap opera continues. And then in the East, you know, Boston looking like they didn't miss a beat with uh, the departure of Ime Udoka and Jason Tatum looking like he's trying to make an early case for MVP, which is, you know, sort of where he needs to get to next when you look at how good he is already in his career. So, um you know, and then the question will be, can the Sixers find a nice balance and harmony with, you know, Harden and Embiid and the rest of their talent on the roster? And, and is, is Doc Rivers really up to the challenge of that? Hey, Michael, just on the um, Boston, Joe Mazzulla got his head coaching tenure off to a, f- a pretty strong start. What do you know about his coaching style compared to Adoka's? He's a very uh, connected player coach i don't think he's he's out there to to you know this this the celtics really created their own identity in the second half of last year and that's why they you know they got on that role that took them out of the finals so i don't think you know joe mazzolo's in his early 30s and uh you know his last his only head coaching experience was at division two i don't think he's coming in and reinventing the wheel i think what he has to leverage is a really strong relationship with the key players on that team he has the trust and respect of Jason Tatum, Jalen Brown. And so, you know, I think that they're just going to continue what they started last year. And I don't imagine he's going to be in a position to fiddle too much with what was, you know, for a long stretch of the season, uh, you know, a record caliber defense in terms of their overall efficiency. So, you know, I think he's uh, the challenges will be for him as an inexperienced head coach is, you know, he's given instructions to Alf Horford and, and guys who are, you know, three, four years older than him and they have way more experience. And if they hit a rough patch, will he be able to navigate that? But, I mean, I think uh, he's got a really good team to work with and, and the early indications are guys are buying in. Well, speaking of relationships, there was a little uh, vision throughout that match where uh, Jordan Poole does a fantastic little assist under the hoop to Draymond Green. So all eyes would have been on that little partnership. So what, how, how, do, how do you think that clicked? And were you surprised with um, 
you know, how well it forged? No, I wasn't. I mean, I think, I think if there wasn't an assurance from both sides, and I guess especially from Jordan Poole, that they were going to be able to hit the floor and work as, you know, professionals should work, then we might have seen a different outcome, maybe a longer, maybe a suspension versus a longer suspension. And and so I think when you're seeing little moments like that, it's it's kind of reassuring that they're heading in the right direction. I think mm. in a really weird and twisted way, I think what happened between Green and Poole, and I'll really say, you know, happened with Green. I mean, he was, you know, obviously the the only guy who had anything to answer for. I think it helps the Warriors. I think it puts Green on best behavior. I think he's, you know, clearly on notice. He's a guy who's, um, you know, coming towards his back half of his career, the certain last strokes of his contract. And uh, he can't afford to not be as amenable as a, as a teammate as he can possibly be and, 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 and all of that. Because, as we said, the Warriors are a really deep team. They're a young team, surprisingly. And, uh, you know, if Draymond Green wants to extend his stay in, Golden State or uh, create value for himself around the league, he's going to have to, you know, he can't afford to be alienating anyone on the team. Hey, Mike, one of the big problems. further, I should say. <laughs> hey, Mike, one of the big problems that we got down here is the, 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 the umpiring in the bunkers. Yesterday in the Boston's a Sixers game, I saw the, the, uh, the officiated, uh, officiators go to the sideline there and take a real long look at one of the incidences under the under the hoops, what do, what do you think of the officiating this year with that with that type of stoppage? Is there got, is there going to be some type of significant impact on the games because of that? It's a great question. No one likes it. Uh, but the flip side is, no one likes them blowing calls. So um, you know, I think that they, I think it's fine with the level of scrutiny that that uh, we're able to put onto a game with cameras and replays and all of that. Um, I'd be more fine if they just would sort of take some of those controversial calls out of the game officials' hands, and by the time they get over to the, you know, to the to the replay official to the replay booth, that they, you know, they can be said, "This is what we see. This is what we think. Is there any reason we're wrong?" And then just move along. And I, I think there's a bit of a charade going on where mm. the on the floor officials go over, inspect the replay, and and it kind of creates this illusion that they have control of what's going on. If you you know if you knew what happened, you wouldn't ask for the replay. So so just just trust the people who have all the angles to give the answer and keep keep things moving. Mm, interesting, interesting. Hey, what about what about the Brooklyn Nets? Brooklyn Nets, mate. What are our expectations of the Nets? <laughs> uh, Sean Marks obviously pulled uh, his yeah. wand out and Raptors did whatever to get Kevin Marks. Durant. <laughs> yes, mate. He's a He's good one of the old favorite Raptors. Down under. That's right. So what are our expectations yeah, no, of the Nets? Can, um, can they unlock them? Can Kyrie Irving, Kevin Durant? Look, on paper, and that's the joke, right, is, is they, they shouldn't be called the Brooklyn Nets. They should be called the on-paper Nets. Um, <laughs> they have the ingredients. Of, I mean, it's it's a fact. Because every comment you make is starts with that. They have the ingredients of a super competitive team. This is my take on Brooklyn. As long as they don't, implode either through injury or Kyrie Irving's, you know, latest ex, you know, excursion into alternate reality. Um, you know, and they can get into the top six in the East, which on talent, they absolutely should be there. Tell me the NBA team that wants to play them in a seven game series in any round, right? If you've got Kyrie Irving locked in, Kevin Durant locked in, 
uh, Ben Simmons playing at a level that, you know, we know he's capable of. He just hasn't done it for a little while. And then there, you know, people overlook the quality of their role, the role players, uh, you know, Patty Mills, Seth Curry, Joe Harris, um, you know, so, so I think if they can hit the postseason healthy, committed and uh, on the same page, you know, I wouldn't put anything past them just because, you know, they have in, in Curry and, and KD particularly guys who can win games, win series by themselves. They've done it and uh, enough support to, uh, to help them in that, in that pass. So, uh, you know, short answer, they could be a 36 win team and <laughs> out of the play in, or they could win 59 and be first in the East. It's really that wider range. Yeah, it's going to be interesting to see how they come together and, and uh, get that chemistry going, mate. The Raptors, we know you're a Raptors fan. Have you got any confidence? Can Fred Van Fleet unlock Pascal Siakam to get their uh, form rolled in the competition? Where you're at with the, the Raptors, mate? Well, I think there's a lot of uh, excitement around Toronto. Uh, you know, they finished the season last year on a from January on. They were like uh, played like a 54 win team. Um, they were never really healthy last year, and they in the off season they they brought every significant player back and added some interesting uh, depth pieces to shore up some of their obvious weaknesses. So I think um, you know they get they tend to get a little bit overlooked up here. You know, like the the U.S. media, the U.S. the greater basketball media doesn't always look north first. Um, but uh, you know, I don't think there's any reason why they can't be a team that would push for a top four seed in the East. Um, but they need things to go right. So they need it's – it's more like Pascal Siakam unlocking Fred Van Vliet. Like they need him to be a top five, top ten player in the league. That's his goal. We'll see if he can pull it off. They need Scotty Barnes, who's just a fabulous rookie, um, to to take another nice step. And then they need some health from guys like OG Ananobi and and uh, some of their other pieces. But there's they're, de- they're pretty deep. They've got a lot of talent. They may be missing that one single superstar that people identify with. But uh, they're well coached, and and you know I wouldn't. I think they've they've uh, every year they played in Toronto now, bar, missing the year that they had to go to Tampa because of the pandemic. They've exceeded the Vegas odds makers' uh, predicted win totals. So it's never a good thing to sleep on the Raptors. Would be my advice. Never sleep on the Raptors, mate. We appreciate you coming on the show. Just quickly before we let you go, we're only one game in, but MVP early signs. Prediction? We'd love a punt on this show. <laughs> yeah, I, um, you know, I, I'm going to, I think my prediction is one of the obvious ones. Like, I, I think Jason Tatum might be a dark horse. Um, I would also watch very carefully Zion Williamson in New Orleans. Ooh. So if he can play 70 games, 75 games, be healthy, um, I think New Orleans is poised to be a very good team, better than most expect. And, you know, he would have the story around it, right? So if he goes off and has a huge season, stays healthy, lifts his team, you know, he's he's the kind of guy that could sneak into the race. But I think if I'm going to predict, like, my mortgage or something, I'll go with the honest and, and sleep well. Oh, beautiful. Zion Williamson, yeah, he's looking good. He had a big preseason. I'm predicting Ja Morant, too, to have another solid season. He is great for the Grizzlies. Mate, we appreciate you coming on. Michael Grange talking all things NBA, Sportsnet reporter. Thank you so much for your time, mate, and good luck to Toronto Raptors this season. Awesome. Thanks for having me on, guys. Anytime. Oh, beautiful. How's this, is he? Zion Williamson. You you want an each-way ticket on Michael's picks there? You want to go safe? You want to put your mortgage on Giannis at eight dollars fifty, and then when you have a little each way flyer on Zion at twenty three bucks. Whoa! 
70, well, 70 that's games. A great, that's a good one because, mate, he's obviously, he was, I reckon he was carrying a little bit of extra weight and he's still such a phenomenal athlete. Now he's looking really in good nick, good shape, and he'll be able to stay injury-free. That's a good shout. Love it. Yeah. Uh, Jason Tatum, as he mentioned, $8.50 there as well. Uh, Joel Embiid, $7. Luka Doncic heads up the market at five fifty. Hoops are back. Love it. Hear that ABC NBA theme song, and it just gets me going. 21 minutes past seven. Kempi's off the back fence after this, and there's a great message here about the bunker and the World Cup. We'll get you to answer as well, Kempi. Here with Chemist Warehouse. Great savings every day. with Tony Kemp. What is it about horse racing and Kiwis that makes the two come together like thunder and lightning? Why is it then when you put a sunline with a McKee, a Waller with a Winks, and let's hope for Louis' sake, a McDonald with an Animo, that they flow like a fine red wine? A combination that leaves an unbelievable taste that you just can't help but savour. This weekend is the start of the best month of racing. The weekend that kicks off with a Cox Plate at Mooney Valley, then the Melbourne Club at Flemington, and don't forget Cup Week in Christchurch. How good! Kiwis galore. They're all lining up to take the spoils, and for one thing, I can't wait to see the talent on show, both on the track and in the saddle. Talent which we relish, and who hopefully will take all the spoils. They call it the Sport of Kings, but next month, we should re- rename it the sport of Kiwis. Forsman, Waller, McDonald, Kiwi, Kiwi, Kiwi. Bring on the biggest racing days of the year and get ready to celebrate our great Kiwi trainers and jockeys as champions of the turf. Drum roll, please. And the 2023 Halberg winner goes to... Your guess is as good as mine, is he? <laughs> the back fence with Tony Kemp. Oh, Kempy! Honestly, my my th- my kind of approach to these race days has changed dramatically. Obviously, being in the game now, you see the other side of it. And being on this show, just embracing the great game that is the great sport is racing and how much joy it brings. You head to the races, all you think about is going and seeing some mates and and having a party. And don't get me wrong, that is what races are, are turning into now, and that is a great day out but now on the other side you've just seen what goes through to prepare these these great animals to be able to do what they do and, and like the horse whisperer you know it's been thrown out a few times but the the trainers you know the Chris Wallers the Stephen Marshes the Mark Walkers you know like just the owl shakes your rocks what they're able to do to unlock these horses is phenomenal and mate I am absolutely fizz can't believe it that I'm heading over to watch it, and uh, I'm going to enjoy it. I'm going to really relish the moment, Kempi. It is the grace. Well, you've been involved for a long time, Kempi, so you know more than others how much joy it brings and what goes into these animals to be able to bring us so much fun. Mate, I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to just keep pushing this Hellsberg thing because Hellsberg's got a, mm. got a platform and they've got a brand, and I'm just going to keep yep. pushing that we need the jockeys and the and the trainers all to be put into that mix. The other one I was thinking about last night when I was writing it is, Louis, you know how the BGP boys just get it, get it done, you know, that event? Mm. Imagine if we had like an event that 
showcased all our best jockeys in New Zealand and in Australia, all our best trainers in New Zealand and Australia, and had like a a countdown and point system which they were ranking all year, like like the um, like the NRL do, you know, the, with the Dally M's, and you, then you turn it off at this time of the year, and then at the end of it, you go and have an event and you name the roll. Well, here's the points thing, and you do that whole event. And you roll Alan and Mark Walker and Jamie and, you know, and you roll Chris Waller and Forsman, you know what I mean? And you just roll them in and just let everyone have an absolute doozy over it. So it's prize money, and that's where we need to get back. We need parity and prize money. We need to be fighting for it because gone are the days. You look back through some of our great races throughout the years, and I've been doing it at the Hawke's Bay Carnival. We used to have Australians coming over trying to raid our prize money. We, we would have... Macker and Chris Waller and, you know, your expat Kiwis and your Peter Moody's coming back, your Boom Bakers coming back and trying to attack our feature days when our prize money gets to a point where it's worth their time. And what Auckland Thoroughbred Racing, we're going to bang the drum on this, what um, Doug and Mark and Paul at ATR are doing is the bastion of hope. It is the saviour for thoroughbred racing Mm. moving forward in New Zealand. We need a glamour club that races every second week that does it like a Flemington, like a Randwick, with Mm. prize money that can sustain the industry. And we've been banging the drum. We will continue to bang the drum. And I want just one observation from your off-the-back fence here, Kimby, before we shoot off. The fact that you put Andrew Forsman's name next to, you know, James and Chris and, and right up there. This is a guy who came out of partnership with Murray Baker only at the start of the season. Right now, he sits above Chris Waller on the Victorian Metro Trainers Premiership behind Ben and J.D. Hayes. He's had 12 starts. Ben and J.D. Hayes have had 75. He's had seven winners. They've had 12. He's had $810,000 wow. in prize money. His strike rate is 58.3% in Melbourne this season. And he's sending Mustang Valley over. I've seen that. It's the latest development. He is low-level flying. He is genuinely airborne. He is the latest of a long line of Kiwis to succeed on the world stage. And Jamie Richards, he's up and running in Hong Kong with his first winner as well. So I love your off-the-bat fence today, paying homage to our great equine exports and uh, people in, in New Zealand, Kempe. It's 29 away from 8. Here uh, we've got Aroha with the news for Kubota now. The Premier League games have kicked off, so we'll give you an update on those after this, and we'll keep rolling on. TJ Piranara not too far away as well. Twenty six and a bit away from eight o'clock, and we got to stick to time here because we got the grandmaster of all things time and punctuality, TJ Pedernata, not far away, and as he doesn't need another rocket from his old mate. Uh, so we'll rip through some sports headlines before we get to an interesting text here. But of course, with Gull, they fuel your mission all year round. Pop into your local for some good value fuel. Visit gull.nz. The Silver Ferns were mentioned it a couple of times. Well, they go to the decider at the Gold Coast with a win or be heartbroken kind of mentality, I would suggest. After going 2-0 up in the Constellation Cup, they got a hiding last night in Melbourne, 15 goals, which is not great for the goal differential, which it might come down to. Right now, we've got Cook Islands and Wales 
are underway three minutes in in the Rugby League World Cup. The Premier League, it's a massive round of EPL. Bournemouth, Southampton is underway, as is Liverpool, West Ham, Brentford, Chelsea, Newcastle, Everton. Today at quarter past eight, it is Manchester United and Tottenham. And United, we know that they have their backs against the wall again. So we'll keep our eyes peeled across that at 25 away from 8 o'clock. Double eight, double three. what did you make of Kempi's off-the-back fence and which equine or racing personality did you want to give a shout-out to? Because you can't name them all, but you can if you want to send a message to double eight, double three. Kempi, what did you make of this text from Pat here? Do you want to get to that? Yeah, boys, what are your thoughts on the bunker effect at the League World Cup? Review every angle, 12 times, slow it down, slow it down. Holy walker. The only thing they're slowing down is the game. Yeah, Pat, look, I'd... <laughs> I was watching that um, that decision yesterday where Papua New Guinea scored the try on the corner. I thought it was a penalty try because the first thing was a shoulder charge. He would have scored it um, hands down if it was try- a tackle trying to be made. And then we went on a five-minute excursion um, where the game just stopped. And everyone was on, look, every time I was talking on, on here, kept looking up and they weren't getting on with the game. I hate the bunker. I absolutely despise <laughs> the bunker. I think it's a waste of waste of precious time, but it also is a, it affects the momentum of games, you know. And if you're a coach sitting there, and you've got the and Papua New Guinea were well on top, and then all of a sudden that momentum shift gets a five minute break, man, it, ch- it changes the whole um, the whole game by big by big way. So either two things, Pat. Either they go, right, you've got a time clock, just like kicking, just like scrums. You've got 25 seconds, you've got to make a call. Otherwise, you, otherwise, the referee just make, who made the call said no try or a try, it stands. And get on with it. And I just think, oh. I, you know what it is? I just think they're not resilient enough. Shot clock the bunker, you reckon? Shot clock the bunker. <laughs> good. <laughs> Shot clock the bunker, so good. What about reviews? You know, a certain amount of review, reviews, you get it wrong. You move did, on, you lose that review. Did you Something see like that? Did you yeah. see that Boston Seventy Sixes? Yeah, I did. Yesterday, it's crazy, mate. I was sitting there going, "Hurry up!" Well, the funny thing is, mm. Stan Van Gundy and Iron Eagle, the broadcasters, knew what it was. Four minutes, they said, "This is what it'll be." <laughs> but that's my point. Like everybody be, knows, I'll be sitting there watching, and you watch the first replay and going, "No try," and then it's two mm. minutes later, they go, "No try." You go. Oh my God! What took you so long? Is it's the age old uh, thing though? If sorry, mate, it's the age old thing of it's like people hate wrong calls, but people hate mm. the bunker. But the the issue is the bunker still makes wrong calls. That's right, yeah, and yeah, that's I my know. point. Hundred mm, percent. Yeah, you did right. If you're going to have that much time, get it right. Look, <laughs> I, I hate the bunker too, but I think there's a place for it, but not every single decision because you're taking away a referee's instincts. You want a referee to ref a decision. Get there, referee decision, and if you do go up top, make sure you get it right, mate. Well, put a robot Honestly, out I love there. It. Where, where are the robots? Put a robot out there Elon in the Musk, where yeah. are you? Come on, Elon, come out. Cause, Starlink. Because the humans <laughs> humans can't make a decision, so let's just make a robot go, try it. Have you seen those, those robots that shoot the three-pointers and they can hit it from everywhere on the basketball court? Why don't we get them to ref the hoops? Exactly. We don't want AI, boys. Don't go down AI. We won't even be here in twenty years. All right, we well, go AI. We won't be here. We won't be here in twenty minutes if we don't get off and get back with TJ Pernada yeah, on time. All right, <laughs> twenty-two minutes away from eight o'clock. TJ talking NPC after this. There have been some iconic battles throughout the years between Canterbury and Wellington, and this weekend the NPC final could deliver an instant classic in form. If form is anything to go by, the Wellington Lions have gotten red hot. 
fly into their regular season finish line and ending top of their conference. Canterbury, a model of consistency. The typical red and black machine it looks to be a ripper. And no, TJ Perinara will be absolutely fizzing to get out there Saturday night. Morena to you, Teej. Atamaria, my brother. How are you, bro? Good, mate. Have to make sure we break for the ad just so we get there at seven forty-two, <laughs> right on time, mate. Yeah, Appreciate you. It's all good. It's all good. <laughs> oh, come on, man. <laughs> hey, uh, another week, another week for the black and yellow, mate. Absolutely flying. You demolished Auckland in that semi-final, mate. So you, you must be full of confidence. How's the week been, brother? Yeah, it's been awesome so far, bro. The boys are. Boys are in good spirits. Um, play really well on the weekend, like you said. Um, but as you know, bro, doing it twice is the is the key. Uh, we've probably both been a part of games, and we played really well. And then the next week is the one that you test yourself on. You know, it's easy to do it once. Hey, Teej, how important is it for you guys to keep your flow going and not to get caught up in the, I guess, the battle of how you how you need to beat them and and just doing the thing to beat them, which is how you how you beat Auckland. Yeah, that's a big part of what we've talked about is like we want to be true to ourselves, we want to play with, um, we want to play the style of footy we play um, and express ourselves with our, um, the way that yeah, the way that we play the game. So uh, we'll live and die by that um, and uh, put our best foot forward the way we play the game. And if it's enough on the day, well, we'll take that, you know, so, but we can't have any regrets for the way that we play the game. Uh, we don't want to go in there and change a bunch of things, I suppose, and uh, look back on it with regret and be like, oh, we should have just done it the way we do it, you know? Mm. You got taught probably a valuable lesson earlier on in the competition, Tej, when you flew south and, and played a, a quality yeah. Canterbury side. So what, what's been the area of focus this week to rectify that result? Yeah, we, we're a different team uh, from them, but you're right, we, we did use that when we went down there um, last time. I think that our whole understanding of how we want to play um, the game, we understand our group better. Uh, we understand the strengths that we have in the group and our weaknesses, I suppose. So um, we will, we'll, yeah, we'll try and do more of the stuff that we're good at and limit the amount of time we're spending in, um, I guess, transitions where we're, we're not so great. And then I guess Canterbury will be doing the opposite. They'll want to put us into those stressful positions that uh, that we probably aren't as comfortable with. Um, but yeah, the the people who can win, um, I guess, those pressure points will come out victorious on the day. You've had some really good players, Tej, across the board. What what part of the game yep. have you been really impressed with? Um, that you know, you know, we're going out there today, and I know that this game is going to re- this part of our game is going to really stand up. Um, yeah, we've had some like really good young players uh, in the team. I'm looking at Riley at the moment, and uh, he's played really well for us. Him and Peter Lakai have um, have been awesome for us this season. To be fair, so allowing those boys to express themselves and giving them opportunities. Uh, for one-on-one situations is something that we're sort of um, prided ourselves on. And then our ability to, to hustle. Um, if you've watched the, uh, our games, I guess since the Northland game, really our ability to win hard will get and stuff like that is something that we uh, we know we need to do in order to, to give ourselves opportunities to win games. Mate, how good is that kid, Peter Lakai? Like, he's come out of nowhere, oh, and we had we had Tom Donnelly on the show uh, a while back, and he referenced his name and probably got my attention gone. And then now I've been watching this kid just go from streets. I know Hurricanes, I've locked him up. Well done to the yeah, Hurricanes bro. Union for for doing that, mate. But, but well, he's so impressive, isn't he? Yeah, he's a freak, bro. I, 
played I played against them actually this year um, in the club final, North versus Patonia. And playing him there, bro, I was like, oh, this kid's only like 18 years old and he's like throwing around grown men like it's nothing. He's going to be good. And then he's just um, like continued that through um, ITM Cup. So I'm excited for, to see what's uh, uh, in his future, man. He's, he's going to be pretty special. Hey, Teach, what's the, what's the city been like? Have you felt that they've got behind you, the support? Uh, you're getting plenty of messages going down there to uh, to attack the Cyclops? Um, yeah, yeah, I'm, I'm sure that like after the game and stuff like that, um, there was a lot of um, fan engagement and stuff. We're doing a lot more media stuff, I think, like around sponsorship stuff this week. So um, sponsors are definitely a little bit happier, I suppose. Um, but yeah, the vibe um, it has been good. Um, everyone's pretty excited by it, um, and we're looking forward to getting down there. And what about you, Tej? Where, where are you at with your game and, and the way you're tracking, mate? You, you never really get overwhelmed with the way the life's gone, the way that uh, selections are gone. You're obviously heading over for the All Blacks 15, so another congratulations for that, mate. But where are you at at the moment? Yeah, I'm really enjoying it, bro. Like it's been, uh, it's been fun being back in this environment and being able to, to get some good minutes out on the field. And we're playing good footy as well, and I'm enjoying the way that I'm playing, bro. So it's, um, it's always fun uh, when you're when you're enjoying what you're doing, um, and, and winning is obviously fun too. So um, I, I'm happy with the way that I'm playing. Um, I want to continue to to get better. It's, it's obviously part of our um, our job is to to get better each day and each week. So, um, but I am I'm in, I'm really enjoying um, the environment that we're in now. Um, the way that I'm playing, I think I've um, played better um, over the last sort of few months. In um, that I have in a while, but uh, like I'm, I'm happy with the way that things are going, and just got to continue to get better. Mate, has there been any messages from above? I know you'd love to be back in the fold, and how does TJ Pedernata get back into the All Blacks contention? Anything from Foster? Um, yeah, a little bit of back and forth with um, Foz just about footy and um, how be I can honest, grow my man, game. Hurry up. <laughs> yeah, it's a little bit, but it's not, not heat, but it's just continue to play well, bro. Like, I think for for me, like I've been getting um, some good minutes here and playing really well. Um, and then for other players in other environments, like maybe not getting heaps of minutes and stuff like that. Um, like, I feel for Falau, bro. Like, he's a really good player. Um, just didn't get um, many opportunities. So I understand the, um, I guess, the selection to to keep him in the environment because he deserves at least a, a chance in that environment. He since the end of Super Rugby, he's played, what, the back end of two test matches and half a game um, for Hawke's Bay. Like, it's not it's not fair on the kid to to say, oh, no, nah, you can't go in. We haven't played any footy, bro. So I, I understand that side of it, too. I understand that um, there's, there's probably a method behind everything that they're doing um, in that environment. So my job isn't to get caught up in that. It's just to, to play well and, and to win, bro. Like, if I can continue to be in environments that are winning, um, that's only going to help my cause um, to where I want to go. All right, mate. Quickly, how's that golf game? Yeah, it's better than yours, bro. I'm not hitting 16s <laughs> in that, bro, which is <laughs> <laughs> helpful, bro. You know? Go out there and embarrass all of New Zealand rugby, bro, like that. Far out. We're out here trying to put our best player out there, and you go and shoot a 16, bro. They're all laughing at us now. 
<laughs> oh, I can always rely on you to bring me down, eh? Like when I shot that, TJ just sent me the score. He's like, "Bro, come on, man, hey." Oh. Yeah, bro, I'm ready oh, for some good work, TJ. With you as well, bro. So I can't wait. <laughs> Oh mate, you're. An, I hate playing with you because you just no etiquette. If you think I've got no etiquette, TJ's got no etiquette, mate. Awesome to chat to you, TJ. You're a champion. Go well this weekend. I'm predicting you boys to come yeah, down bro. and uh, and do the job if you continue that form, mate. Have a good rest of the weekend. Enjoy Saturday. Yeah. All right, send my love to the fans. Oh. Later, bro. Did yeah. Izzy just yes, give TJ. Wellington the old uh, kiss out death. there and yep. give it to them? <laughs> no, nah, no. Honestly, I'm backing them to come down and win it. Honestly. Yeah, I think they can Whoa. definitely do it. They did it. I think it was back in, when was it, 2008? I think they travelled and, and got the job done. Now, honestly, I'm not Canterbury. I'm Hawks Bay hard. So, <laughs> and I'm being, I'm being real sick. Mate, honestly, on that, TJ took them to South Africa. Him and Anton were in a, another cart, and I was playing with someone else. TJ kept undoing my belt on my bag, and I kept driving off and kept falling off. I was like, oh, man, what happened? Put it back on. The last hole he did it again, I snapped the driver. And I was like, bro, honestly, you're paying for that. Cost him 500 bucks. So, hey, last laugh on you, Teach. <laughs> wow, that's like, that's serial pesting, isn't it? That is a oh, genuine man. golf cart. He's a halfback. Yeah, 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 yeah. Spot him from a while away. Eh? That's some hard case. Hey, boys, really quickly before we get off. So, Izzy, you're tipping uh, Wellington. I am shocked yep. and saddened by that. But we got to give a shout-out to East Coast. 56 or 54-game losing streak to a yep. final of the Heartland. How good. Um, playing so mid- mid-Canterbury, and it'll be the Hall Cup final, won't it? So, wow, what a result. And anyone in that part of the country, I know they'll just be so proud. Yeah. Yeah. It'll be, um, so so be so good if they could get it, you know. So, tough, tough. Tough game going down to that that place where they just love the rugby. But um, well done, well done, Nati Parai. Yeah, also awesome. Jose Gear, so good. And Izzy, your Pleasant Point Rugby Club, South Canterbury Fonganui, hosting the final of the Meads Cup. So there you go. Seven six away from eight. Couple of text messages to round out the hour just after this. Coming up to 8am, Ed says thoughts and prayers for my wallet and liver of East Coast. Get up, yeah, Ed. I was literally <laughs> thinking of you. We've got an unknown text. Any sausages for breakfast, lads? No, no. But I've Still got, waiting. I've got sausages uh, on the barbie tonight, 100%. Um, and Liverpool have gone up 1-0 over West Ham United. Wales, Cook Islands tied at six apiece in the Rugby League World Cup. Brentford, Chelsea on the other screen here. Nil all. But a full update later next hour of all the EPL games, is he? Oh, yes, how good. There's another message here from Matt. Morning, lads. Heard a rumour the other week, TJ, to the Crusaders next season. Can't imagine it, but flick him a question off here. Well, Matt, <laughs> that would be crazy with how much hate he's given me over the last couple of years to see him in the red and black. Oh, I just I can't picture it, Matt. So I think it is a dead set rumour. But hey, anything's possible in sport. Coming up, we're going to talk to Dave Latelli, more than an athlete. He is doing more things off the court than he is doing on. He is an absolute champion. He's out of the news for Kubota to get us shaping and building New Zealand. Clear the nose and soothe the throat with Vicks Vapor Drops 24 pack. Now only $3.99 at Chemist Warehouse. And Kogan Mobile, New Zealand's cheapest unlimited prepaid plans. Visit koganmobile.co.nz. This is Izzy and Kempi for breakfast on SENZ.
Good morning, everyone. Get up and get into your day because it is Thursday, the 20th of October. Izzy and Kempi for breakfast, SCNZ. Just after 8 o'clock, we just spoke to TJ. And, well, someone messaged through regarding TJ to the Crusaders. Well, I flicked him a message and he wrote back and said, Bleep! No! Who said that? <laughs> so there you go. There is no chance of TJ wearing a black, red and black jersey. I'll that tell you right yes. now, he's as, <laughs> he is as loyal as they come, mate. Porirua, Wellington Lions, and the Hurricanes. That is his team. I can't see him wearing any other colour unless he's offshore than black and yellow. All black. That is TJ. All blue and white. Porirua colours. And yeah, just quick shout out to East Coast, man. They are going awesome. Jose Gear got them flying. So much talent there on the East Coast and good luck to them this weekend. Their first final for a very, very long time. You think for Bailey, you think Bailey Mackey? Streak. You think Bailey Mackey's slipping them a few extra tenors? Yeah, of course, <laughs> mate. No doubt. They will be foraging for some Good Kai, man. You go there, I've heard good things about their post-matches. Crayfish, powers, hangies, everything. So they will be the ultimate um, um, hosts for their guests when they arrive, mate. It's uh, awesome. Keep those messages coming through. Double eight, double three on the Temper Bedpost text machine. Or even better, give us a call. 0800 150 811. Just chew the fat with us. We'd love to hear from you. You make our show flow by if you get on the on the phone lines. But right now, it's six past eight and it's time for this. Caring for our communities, out of the gym and off the park, working just as hard paying it forward to our next generation. This is More Than An Athlete with Izzy and Kempe. The term... Man of the people is thrown around here and there, and here and there, but it truly has never been more accurate for our next guest. Dave Natelli, the brown butterbean, has turned his life into one of giving and opportunity with BBB Motivation and his work in the community. A talented athlete as a young gun, Leagy, and a powerful stint as a pro boxer, Dave turned his hand to helping his people get fit and healthy, and he has fed more deserving mouths around Auckland than we can imagine. His latest target is the census. Next March, we'll have our official census where crucial stats are gathered on our demographics to shape the outlook of our country's infrastructure, schools, hospitals, and communities. Dave is on the drive to find census gatherers and make sure we take the opportunity to have our people heard and understood. He definitely is more than an athlete, and he's on the line with us now. Kia ora, Dave. Good morning to you. Morning, the team. Oh, appreciate you coming on, mate. Just quickly, why is the census and this project so important to you, mate? Well, look, it's important because this is how this is how the government, both central and local, you know, and businesses, they, it's how they make decisions on what's going on and where funding's allocated on health, you know, simple like things like playgrounds, all all these things that affect us, right, and affect the people that we serve in the most deprived areas. So it's important that they have correct data. You know, you've got you've got uh, people running around saying poli- uh, poverty's decreasing. You know what? It's not what we're seeing on the front line, and we need to make sure that the data that they're getting is accurate. Hey, Dave, it's Kempi Mala. Take my hat off to you for for um, this co-papa because we do need our voices to be heard. Is that the main focus on here? Is that our marginalised communities aren't actually 
being heard and therefore the infrastructure doesn't suit us? 1,000%, bro. You know, we, we, we can't complain about things not happening in our areas, the ones that we serve, which is the most deprived. Uh, you know, if we're not um, filling in these, this, these um, you know, these questionnaires so that the people who are making this, these decisions understand because they're making these decisions from Wellington. They don't understand what's going on. You know, so if they're not going to come to the front line, then we have to tell them exactly what's going on for us. Mate, can you just tell us what some of the situations that are presented to you on a daily, just to put it in perspective and, you know, give us that uh, out there a little bit of a picture, paint a picture for us? Yeah, you know, people only know what they know, and it's, it's no one's fault that they don't understand what's going on for, for a lot of people. There's, uh, You know, I was at a gas station the other day talking to a guy there who's him, his wife, and a newborn baby are sleeping in his van. Um, you've got, you go, you turn up the houses and you don't want to take the food in because there's beer bottles everywhere and, and then you see the kids there, you know, and, and that's why we're doing this. There's kids being ra- raised in houses where you, you would never think exist in New Zealand, mm. you know, and we wonder why this cycle keeps continuing. We've got our, you know, we've got our food bank just being robbed the other day. You know, the, it's, you, there's so much to what's going on. It's not just that, the fact that they're robbing. It's that what else is going on in our society that's leading to this. Yeah, you know, that- there's, there's, there's people that have no food. There's people that, there's uh, parents and, and kids that sleep under laundry so they, they can keep warm. Mm. So, so Dave, how, how do we break the cycle? I know there's a lot of th- um, scenarios and uh, things being said that how we do it, but the reality is a lot of accountability goes on the adults, mm. or is it just the way the world's going? Like, how do we break this cycle? Oh, look, it's you know, it's the model that we're using, right? Is it's community who have the trust of the people. You have businesses supporting it, and also working alongside government. Okay, and it doesn't matter which government; it's it's all governments. Mm. You know, you've got to walk alongside these families. It's long term. These things aren't fixed. You can't just throw money at the same old things and expect anything different. You know, you've got to you've got to support the community groups and the NGOs that are already in the community doing doing it with next to no support. If you throw some resource at them, wrap around them. You know, the community groups to help more people. Imagine the impact if they're doing it on the smell of an oily rag. Imagine the impact they can have if they have from some resource. Yeah, exactly right. And you know the the irony of this all, Dave, is that uh, middle to upper class actually don't understand what's actually happening in our lower class in our in our poverty cycle that's happening in our community. You see the pictures on TV, for instance, of the outside of houses and the streets and in, in deprived areas. What really mm. needs to happen, like with the census that you're doing, and I and I honestly take my hat off to you, is get people. Not just any people. My suggestion is make mm. sure they're from the middle class and get them to go in and sit inside the houses, and that way get to know the people. Is that your fo- is that your focus? When I when I read about your article, is that your focus? That you actually have to get down and sit down and meet these people. Hundred percent. You know, we're needing thousands of workers. You know, we team out with Mana Recruitment, PersolKelly.co.nz. You know, we need thousands of workers. That's a, you know that exactly it. Go in there and see what's going on. The other thing is, bro, is that the other scary thing is that now middle class are being pushed down. This is the scary thing. And there's, and there's no more buffer anymore for a lot of families, right? You have a broken that car, a flat tire, your kid needs to go dentist or something. Something in life happens. 
you, there's no more uh, buffer zone of, or savings. That can be enough to send you over the edge. You know, and then you, and then when you've got people who are already struggling, already only had their heads above water pre-COVID, they're now drowning. That's creating a pool of more desperate people, and hence there's a direct correlation between more desperate people and now more crime. Mm. So Dave, Dave, just just quickly, how did this come about? Like you, you would have had your own experiences throughout your life and your career. When did it all click that you really wanted to do this and? and Give back to the people, mate. Uh, now, for me, it's when I moved back in 2014. I was severely overweight, but I was very depressed. You know, it's one thing being physically in bad shape, but when you're physically and mentally in bad shape, you're in bad shape. You know, um, but people, there was a few people that reached out to me and gave me a hand up, with just genuinely to help me with no expectations of anything in return. They, you know, I had to do the work, but they were there for me, and, and that's all we're doing. I understood, geez, these guys that they really helped me. You know, they, and I had nothing, no money. And they, they just let me, they really gave me a hand up. And that's all we're doing. We're paying it forward just on a mass scale. You know, people, uh, some people, you know, that they, they don't, people don't understand that some people don't have anyone. They don't have any positive influence in their lives. They don't, they don't see anyone that's winning. They don't see any, they don't even think it's possible to get out, right? And that's why I get annoyed when athletes and any, not even just athletes, successful business people that make it out and don't come back to give these kids hope to show them I don't have to be a drug dealer. I don't have to ram raid. I can make it out, and this is how I do it. Isn't that a wonderful thing, Dave? Just hope. You know, you give someone hope, and you can conquer a lot of fears, man. Just tell us a bit about, bit about look, I love watching your fitness camps. They, they motivate me. They give me so much motivation. How, how's that working out for you? Are you still finding that our, our, our um, bigger people, our people that really need that motivation, coming in drives. I, I was actually at Papatui one time, mate, doing a board, having a board meeting. When I seen you, you're at work, man. It's a fantastic camp. Yeah, uh, you know, unfortunately, I, I hope one day we're out of business. You know, everything we do is free. Um, it's yeah. There's never a short supply. We're running programs now called From the Couch, which we work with people. You know, if you're 200 kilos, you're you're the smallest there. Um, but what we're trying to do is, again, it's not a weight loss group. We're trying to work on the mindset around things, you know, changing the way we think about nutrition, exercise, and the people we hang around with. You know, that's what, that's what we're doing. That program is what should be nationwide, and that's what we're working for. What is the end goal for you, Dave? Like, what, where would you get the most satisfaction, or is there no end goal? This is a continuing problem that we have. Yeah, and unfortunately for me, you know, being in the trenches as we are, I, I don't see an end goal at the moment. We're just trying to get to a point where we're sustainable and we're getting some sustainable funding from the government, you know, to keep us going. And then the hope is to train up more people. So we're creating a course to train up more people to do what we do. It's the, you know, we created a BBM health model, which is really Tifare Tapafar or Fonofale. You know, it's these pillars, you know, that we've, that, that we live by. And, and that's what needs to be taught throughout the country, the village or Marae or a community, you know, like community used to be, you mm. know, where, where we were together, you know, it was a village to raise a baby, well, that's gone, you know, so we're trying to bring that back and that can be taught to other people throughout the country to run. Yeah. Dave, I, I just got a, I got a question for you and it's a pretty serious one. How is, how are you, Dave? Like, you know, you, you've got so much going on and you're, your aroha for people and making sure other people are right. What about you? How are you, how are you coping with it all? Oh, you know, look, some days are better than others. It's, it's, you know, I, I don't, 
I believe depression ne- never really goes. I think it just comes in waves, you know, and sometimes I wake up and I just have the world, the weight of the world on my shoulders and I think, man, I, you know, I could live a real comfortable life just doing my, my public speaking for companies and, and selling my fitness app. But I choose to help people. So with service comes, you know, there's a lot of responsibility and sometimes that it can get me quite down because, you know, I can't stop. If I stop, people go hungry. If I stop, people die. So yeah, it can be quite tough. Mate, if you could just say one pledge to the country, what would that what would that pledge be? What would that what would that little statement be to everyone out there that's listening? Um, well, you know, my, the way I live my life is: if you can help, you should. If you have it, and people ask, give it. You'll always be blessed in return. So, you know, that's the way I live my life. If we all live that way, this country and this world will be a better place. Total Dave, um, man, that's so powerful today. I. I Take my hand off to to what you're doing, Dave. If I can help, mate, you just get on the blower. I'll um, I'm happy to do whatever I need to do. Uh, I think you're doing a fantastic job. Thanks a lot for coming on with us this morning. If you need to get your message out, mate, give us a call. We'd love to have you in the studio here with us. Um, and mate, just finally, make sure the first thing you do is take care of Dave. Because if Dave can't take care of him, he can't keep doing the wonderful things that you're doing. Thanks a lot for this morning, Dave. Thanks, mate. You have a good, 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 good day. See you too. There you go, Dave Latelli, massive league boy too, mate. Like kid, kid play league, um, and has just decided, like he just said, he could actually make a living doing just enough. But he's, my honestly, I've got all of his Facebook pages and his and his Instagram pages, and watch what he does. And I was watching some people run upstairs the other day. They had to run up like 10 stairs and I was just like, I was honestly going, man, that is so cool that he can get people to do that. You know, the mo- their motivation, I think they, mo- they they should put another word together for Dave because he just doesn't motivate people, man. He actually gets them doing things. That's a great, they're a great get, Louis. That's honestly, Dave Latelli, you're a legend. Pay it back. Pay it back. He's paying it back in droves and... Love this little message there about uh, people in, in powerful positions or privileged positions paying it back. Just little things, um, you know. Yeah, it's just just really hit hit a point there. You know, like we're an opportunity here to to inspire and and give back. And you know, I've I've been guilty of it, being selfish and you know worrying about my own backyard. And you can't you can't help everyone, but just little little bits count. And uh, yeah, I guess yeah, that's what we're trying to do after our little campaign and mm, it's awesome for sure and I guess going back to the heart of it the census I just think that out of all the ways that he is helping this is one of the coolest because it's so important like it's like voting we talked about democracy the other day it's like you have to be heard to be heard you have to be counted literally like statistics we're talking numbers we're talking filling out these forms and and especially if you're in those marginalised communities. But that needs mobilisation, that needs people power, and that's what Dave's been tasked with doing, finding the people to make sure that we have the voices heard. I thought it was awesome, and it was great to have him on the show this morning. 20 minutes past eight. Hey, we're going to try and raise a bit more money for Child Cancer Foundation after this. Speaking of giving back, we've got Pacing for Purpose, we've got our Greyhound charity run. We'll talk racing before the end of the show. Bournemouth, Southampton at halftime. Southampton leads 1-0. Liverpool, West Ham, they are up. Liverpool, that is the Scousers, 1-0. Brentford, Chelsea, locked at nil. All 
Newcastle. The tuners on fire. They're up one 0 over Everton and United. Tottenham's just underway. Five minutes through, and that is tied at nil or Wales leading the Cook Islands at half time of the Rugby League World Cup game 12-6 as well back after this here with Chemist Warehouse great savings every day It's Harness Racing New Zealand pacing for purpose season 2 Radio, we need a winner. 25 minutes past 8 o'clock. We need a winner. We need one bad for hrnz.co.nz. That's where I've gone to have a look through the form. And, uh, of course, the Child Cancer Foundation, our charity of choice. And, look, I'm absolutely biased in picking and promoting this horse. But Beach Bull, he was running in those Derby three-year-old races against Akuda and the absolute freaks, and he was always there or thereabouts. He loves getting up and running strong races. He can pace. He's talented. He's got the sticky ball in eight. He's drawn a bit niggly, but Carter Dalgetty, talent, Kevin Chapman will have him ready to go. Didn't get used at the trials. Race six, number eight, Beach Bull from Amberley. Beach or thereabouts. Race six, number eight, Beach Bull. Uh, that's where we're going there for HRNZ. And while we're here, lads, we may as well double up. It's the Great Greyhound Racing New Zealand Charity Run. And do you know what I've done? I've enlisted the help of someone that actually does know. I've I've gone to the I've gone to the top Um, I just need to find the race but I've gone to Pip and I've said Pip we need a winner and we need a winner bad and we need your best winner and she said well there's two options here but she's given us some meat on the bone today Cambridge race two the money's on Pip's already had a bet Grace Foot race two Cambridge Greyhounds today number one Grace Foot 320 into 270 we're on $50 on the schnoz for Child Cancer Foundation. Again, how's this? Box one, well, it's only had three goes there, and it's one, two of them. It gets box one again, back in grade, and I just think it should be winning in the red bib today. Grace Foot, race number two, number one. There you go. So that's our grnz.co.nz Greyhound Racing New Zealand charity run, again for Child Cancer Foundation. 28 minutes past 8 o'clock. Um, lads, I, I know well, we've got a couple of texts here, Izzy, from Jared and JD. You want to get to those? Because I know you, you're pretty proud of and oh, you're pretty inspired by hearing from Dave. Yeah, loved it. Absolutely loved it. Hey, fellas, Dave is inspiring. What a great interview doing God's work. Hey, fellas, Jared, appreciate that message. Guy. Guys, if, if Dave Latelli is in New Zealand of the year, I'll go he. Cheers, JD. Yeah, I totally agree, mate. And this is a cool one from Cam. Good morning, lads. Listening to Dave just now, really had a call with me. The mess at the end, he said, made me well up with tears, man. So powerful. I have a partner and two kids, and we struggle at times, but I feel like I want to help any way I can. The best guest you've had on the show. Thanks, guys. Cam from Invercargill. Yeah, look, it's, I don't know, struggling a wee bit now just after that because... I was just missing Kempe and having lived um, both lives and now, you know, the, not having the struggle, kind of had a cord, you know, like we just lived this this easy life. It's not easy, but a life where you can do whatever you want and, you know, nothing's really a problem as much as other people and you feel like, you feel like an idiot, an absolute dick. 
And, uh, yeah, I guess you just start to think, oh, are you doing enough? You know, give them back and just put it in perspective and, I don't know, just, just hurt a little bit, really. Mm. And, that, and, that's, and that's fair enough, too, is allowing that to wash over. Um, you know, it's, the important thing here is you can always do something and, and doing something is never, ever going to be enough. And, and we just have to realise that. Um, but the, the the little things that you can do, and that's why I'm such an advocate for sports people getting back into their communities and doing something, um, even if it's, you know, having a having a, a talk at a school or something like that, because just one of those kids that Dave's talking about that's living in those homes is the inspiration that you can give them to, to break out of that cycle. So um, don't be too hard on yourself. It is tough, mate. You know, we both come from the same upbringing. We both know what it's like. It, it is tough, but, you know, it doesn't mean that there isn't something else out there that we can do when we can do it. Yeah, well said, Kempe. And yeah. um, next month is is uh, November, and I know on this show we're actually going to get yeah, right involved with Movember. Um, and and it's and it doesn't have to be growing a mo. We'll talk about it a bit next week when we really launch it. It's I more, can't grow any here, you know. Yeah, no, you're but, talking like you're is, you're hey, talking to me. look at Kimpy and then look at me. Like Joe, Joe, Joey the rat, kitchen rat has the best mustache out of all of us, and that that, yeah, that makes me sick to my stomach. Um, but we're, we're going to talk a lot about Movember and and look, there are so many different causes and so many ways we can give back in in one way or another. Men's health impacts the world globally, and if we can do a little something next month, so we'll watch this space. We'll launch that next week and make sure that we are continuing to use our platform and SCNZ for the best means possible. Twenty nine away from. Nine o'clock. Debbie from Property Apprentice before the end of the show, but right now it's Auto Health the News for Kubota. Together we're shaping and building Aotearoa. SCNZ, we're 26 and a half away from 9am today. Uh, anybody got any best bets they want to roll out for a Thursday? Because there's so much racing this weekend, we can't all squeeze it into tomorrow. Double eight, double three. Right now we're going to talk a little bit of racing, boys. Go back. Kimpy, by the way, I'm 100% biased, but literally your best ever off the bat. <laughs> I, knew, I knew you would like it. I was sitting at home last night and just going through everything I've got a couple of things. I knew Dave was coming on. I was going to talk a little bit about giving back. And, um, you know, I love Fridays. And I just thought, nah, man, you know, we're so into racing on this on this um, station that I actually want to talk about the next month because the next month is the best racing month of the year. It just goes – it doesn't even go weekend to weekend from here. It's like day to day there's it, it something is, to get your attention. It is so good, you know, and as he's going to be – you know, um, ramping it up on the decks down in Christchurch, and you know we're going to be like looking at all the Group Ones, Louis, and, and going. You know, like I'm going, Mr. Brightside, because it's going to pour down. You, you know, got your millions on Animo, and and just the banter. But from from a perspective that I wanted to to put out there, the best people in it are Kiwis. Like that's, and I just was sitting there going, 
man, I'm just going to talk about the Kiwis. And then I thought about Andrew Forsman. I went, and I'm going to throw his name in the mix. Well, he, you're right. We're just punching so bad. And we always have, you know, you know, actually, tomorrow, can we get Sticko on? Can we get Sticko on our show tomorrow? Let's get Steve McKee. Let's get Steve McKee on tomorrow to talk about the Sunline journey and the champions we used to have as well. Because he's a racing historian. But tomorrow, on Saturday, boys, there's a huge hand to be played by Andrew Forsman. I'm just going to bounce through a couple of fields that came out yesterday. The Sartan, it's such a good three-year-old race. And, man, there are some huge, huge question marks over some runners. We're going to get some answers. Dynastic comes back. Apparently, he's worked well. Opie's happy with him. The stable are happy enough with him. Not too sure we, what went on last start in the Hawks Bay Guineas. He's $4.50, $1.85. So if you want to be brave enough and forgive him and, have, and go again, you're going to get a bit of value for Of course for you it. do. I don't. You don't? You don't forgive him? <laughs> <laughs> no, I don't, I don't forgive the horse, but I I don't think at this early stage in the week I'm gonna take the price to find out. I'm gonna need to see it. It was just so confusing. Who else is in it? So the the top pick for me is Sacred Satono, who seems to have come back as a three year old, the Satono Aladdin, for um the boys there, um Grant and Bruce and I. I just think he's come a com- completely different horse. Won those two races up there at Ruakaka. Look, I think he's going to have a real enjoy. If the track gets back to a good, which I expect it probably will, if it's unless there's rain forecast for Hamilton, I think he's going to love the track conditions. But Andrew Forsman's the one I was going to talk about, Kempi, because Mr. Mojo Rising started his career two two two, and he's got that form behind Pierre who might really be the top pick out of the three-year-olds at the moment. He mm. won the Hawks Bay Guineas, and he chased him hard. The other one is Ledox for Andrew Forsman. He gets barrier one, which we know at Tarapa can be a huge bonus, and you're getting $11.350. And then you've got Wild Knight, who could be a little bit of anything for Tiako and some good crew involved in that horse as well. Uh, he's got a massive engine, big flashy chestnut, but he's drawn out. He's drawn out at barrier 12, and it just puts a big question mark on how hard he's going to be able to run on. It's a huge race. There's got, then you've got the soliloquy with all the three-year-old fillies. Legato drew poorly. Um, you've got Prowess, who drew nice, and she took money straight away. 415 to 350, 420 to 350 for Robert and Roger. You've got Stalis Blendida down the market, who they're keeping safe, but has drifted to six, oh, 650 to 750 now. Opie Boston jumps on there. So you'll want to answer a lot of questions about the three-year-olds this week. And I had a good look at the form last night, then we back and had a look at it this morning, and I have found a couple I like early doors. One in particular we've spoken a wee bit about is he's already unloaded on Carmen Line. <laughs> it wasn't me. It wasn't me. 350 into 280. But I just think you have to be really wary of La Bella Beals here, who was such an unlucky fourth at Matamata. It's just probably got a, a niggly ride from McNabb. And to be honest, I think I'd save top two, $2 for La Bella Beals if you're going to have a bet on Carmen Line just because La Bella Beals is flying at the moment. She just hasn't had a placing this prep, but she's going to be going close. And one more I'll lob out, and it might be my best bet for the weekend. I've got to do a bit more work before I declare it. But I think in the open handicap sprint, race number eight, Talul sets up beautifully apart from the draw. But I think I'm willing to take the draw on. I missed the early market. I think it was 650 into $5 from the top of my head. 
But Talul, race number eight, I think it sets up beautifully for him second up. So there's so much this weekend, boys. And that was just a little synopsis of the te- uh, Tarapa card. We've got Rickerton as well. Um, Louis? Yeah. Just seen, if you remember late last year, there was a horse I quite liked. If you remember. Oh, you want me to guess the horse? Yeah. <laughs> it was a year ago. Um, New Zealand or Australia? New Zealand. Oh, the perfect pink. The perfect pink is racing <laughs> in race eight in the Sistema Railway. Obviously, first race back's had a trial. Expectations? Worth a wee, wee dad Craig Grills. He's, he's not too bad at the moment. Great. Coming back, the perfect pink. Great girls pays the bills. Yeah, I had a hard look at her, so obviously I'm taking her on with Talul. Look, I just think she's yep. going to be way better for the run, but mm. I, I just, to be blatantly honest, I think $3.50 is too short. I, I reckon yep. you can probably get closer to $4 or $4.50 would be my gut. But good barrier, lightweight, good jockey. She's never won fresh up. She'll be better for the run, but she's got all the class in the world, is he? And, and I, you know, I wouldn't blame you for having a bet. Beautiful. Beautiful. Love it. Okay. Should I answer Steve-O's message? Yeah. Top of the morning, gentlemen. How's Pungo? And is it next weekend it's racing? Cheers, Steve-O. Yeah, it's Steve-O. Next Saturday, Carbine Stakes at Flemington. So it's been training. It's been on doing practice. Obviously, the left-hand turn there at Flemington. It's only race right-hand turns. Um, so, uh, yeah, going to have to uh, change its uh, way it races around the track. But, no, nah, it's looking good, mate. Got a good video, and Huey Bowman's been very, very impressed with this track work. Yeah, well, now you've had a, a sling explained to you by Kimpy. He'll be no wonder he'll be saying whatever you <laughs> no, want to. No, I haven't had mate. it explained. What is it? Yeah, just take it. Just take a yeah, um, briefcase. <laughs> yeah, just take a trailer. <laughs> <laughs> okay, hey, I hear. I'd just be going, hey, Bez, Bez. You know how the pounds real strong. You cover my sling, eh? <laughs> Nineteen away from nine. We're gonna talk some property with Debbie, and not too long. 13 and a half away from 9 o'clock. Catch up with Smithy and hopefully get to these texts before the end of the show. But right now, it's a big warm morena to Debbie from Property Apprentice. Debbie, how are you going? I'm doing good. How are you? Yeah, we're going great. And I thought today, I mean, the the I word has been on everybody's lips, inflation. And the economists are making some pretty serious noises about what might happen to the cash rate Mm. later this year and even early next year. So have there been any or will there be many effects on the property market? Absolutely. You know, I mean, I think the the biggest impact is going to be on property owners uh, who are coming off fixed interest rates. So, you know, there'll be a lot of them uh, because the majority in New Zealanders tend to fix for relatively short term when it comes to their interest Mm. rates. And uh, so, you know, anyone who's coming up to a fixed rate rollover, uh, that's going to be a bit of a surprise to them because we've got so used to having really low interest rates over the last few years. At the moment, interest rates are still only around where they are, you know, long-term average. Yeah, there's a talk talk about it going up 0.75% this next round. What sort of effect does that have on the mortgage market? Well, the last increase, which was just, when was that? A couple of weeks ago? Yeah. <laughs> Time flies when you're having fun. I know, but that, that increase was 0.5, and that, like, that was reflected with bank interest rates. They increased their rates by about 0.5 as well. So anyone who's looking at buying property, the test rates, when, when banks crunch the numbers for your affordability, the test rates will increase as well. At the moment, they're testing affordability at about 8%. 
and just to make sure that um, that you're not going to get yourself in trouble with interest rates increasing. But when the OCR increases again, it's highly likely that the test rates will increase along with that, so it'll make it harder to get lending to buy a property. So if you're in the market to buy, get a pre-approval now <laughs> you know, before they yeah, go that, up that's, again. That's a secret. Um, what, what about the people that have already bought and are waiting for their houses to be built yeah. before those, mor- those mortgage um, paydowns start to happen? What, what advice have you got for them? So it depends on their situation. You know, There are some, um, some lending products that can be pre-approved for up to 12 months. So I'd suggest that they get in touch with their mortgage, mortgage advisor sooner rather than later and make sure they've got the right loan application and process. 100%. Yeah, so you know, get some help if you're struggling to pay a mortgage. Then you know, with the cost of living, because for crying out loud, groceries ridiculous. Mm. Well, it's not just mortgage interest rates that's going up, is it? Exactly. So you know, inflation across the board. You know, um, rents, market rents have increased at a lower rate than inflation, but obviously a, a smaller percentage of a larger amount it does have an impact and. And so, yeah, it's it's getting difficult for everyone right across the board. This inflation. Now, I was um, I heard an economist speak recently, and he was talking about you know people's intentions, you know, and uh, so there's a whole bunch of surveys going around that you know are checking people's intentions for spending, and most people are saying, "Nah, we're not going to spend. We're not going to spend. We're not going to spend." But then a month later, when you analyse what has been spent, they've all gone out and spent anyway. So, <laughs> so this is part of the challenge with inflation is like, you know, we need to curb that spending, which is going to be difficult heading into Christmas. People always blow their budgets at Christmas. Another big mm. Is it all doom and gloom, Debbie? Is it all doom and gloom? Like for first home buyers that'll be listening to this, they'll be thinking, oh my gosh, this is... <laughs> This is not ideal and I'm scared. So how do we encourage and show them some confidence if they're ever going to go out there and, and buy their first home? Yeah, so I think it's it's absolutely not doom and gloom. You know, if you are in a position that you can get lending, I honestly can't think of a better time in the last decade yep. to buy property. You know, regardless of what interest rates are doing, interest rates increase. It's a it's a cycle. So they increase and then they decrease again, you know, and, and the increases tend to be until inflation gets under control and then they'll come back down again relatively quickly. So if you're going to buy a house, just don't lock in interest rates for five years. Otherwise, you'll be in a really tight position when interest rates drop. Have you been watching the coastal market and the, the, and the um, amount of people that have come back into the market on the coast? On the coast, they're like. Did you read about the Coromandel properties that um, were put on a couple of months ago, and then they've just sold one recently down there? And again, the the market apparently down at the Coromandel's gone um, boom. Yeah, so it's one of the interesting things that we see in the economy is that the, wherever there's pain, there's always someone else who's doing well. You know, so not everyone's struggling financially, obviously. Uh, so one of the things that we do see is that if business owners get themselves into trouble, it tends to be the batch that goes first. You know, they get rid of all of the toys um, first. So, yeah, if you're looking to buy a batch, great time to go shopping. You know, if you're looking at buying a home, great time to go shopping. Just quickly, on property investors, multiple homeowners, is this going to be a huge impact on them? Is there still an appetite to invest? Yeah, there absolutely is. The biggest challenge for investors at the moment is the ability to get lending because the more properties you have, the tougher it gets, especially with current lending rules. 
I mean, it'll ease down again because banks make money by lending money. But I think it's also important to point out that, you know, 78% of property investors own one rental. So it's very, very important if you're thinking about investing in property, make sure you understand what type of investment is right for your financial position. You know, there's a lot of new investors that because of the tax changes, um, they think the best thing to do is to go out and buy a new build, but the rental returns on new builds are horrible at the moment, you know, compared yeah. to existing properties, even without the tax changes. So you really need to understand how investment works, learn about it. Debbie? I heard a stat the other day. Sorry, Louis, I just heard a quick stat the other day. 70% of banks' lending is in homes and yeah. house and homeowners, where it was like traditionally 50-50 with businesses. So, yeah, it's crazy at yeah, the moment. Yeah, absolutely. I, like, I mean, my opinion, I don't want this to turn into a political discussion for obvious reasons. <laughs> I was going to ask you that question. But seriously, I think one of the biggest mistakes that this government has made is prioritising homeowners over tenants mm. because most homeowners are tenants before they become homeowners. You know, people need places to live. And, uh, and if we had more rental properties in the, in the market, rents would come down, which makes it affordable for everybody across the board. You're making a lot of sense, Debbie. I uh, have my moments. Well, yeah, we're gonna <laughs> is that a blue, is that a blue scarf, scarf you got on? <laughs> no, he, uh, Izzy doesn't do that anymore. <laughs> Let us listen. Uh, register for a free <laughs> online training session. Text ticket to 268 or visit propertyapprentice.co.nz. Debbie, makes a lot of sense. Very calming presence, I find, in the studio. Thanks, Debbie. Six Thank you. away from Diane Smithy after this. Cook Island's 14-12 ahead of Wales into the last quarter there. Liverpool 1-0 up, but desperately need a second against West Ham. Brentford-Chelsea still nil all on that screen. And after us, it's not Smithy, it's Rick, because Smithy's off to the World Cup. Yeah, mate. Smithy's gone, Bergie. So you got me for about three and a half weeks, or as long as the Black Caps hang in there, basically, I think, is the, is the go. Until final day. Till fi- oh, is that what you're calling it? Oh, black and black. Black and black. Mate, oh, you're more confident than I am. <laughs> <laughs> Me too. Kimpy, Kimpy's, Kimpy's got the faith though. He's got all the mana. And the I am. Work. I bleed black, mate. Ah, oh, mate. Yes. It's all, there's the silver lining to go with the silver fox. Oh, uh, I like that. Yeah. yeah there you go. <laughs> okay. Well, if he's a silver fox, what's the long-haired fox got up today? <laughs> We're talking to uh, Modi Mayor from the Breakers coming up after nine o'clock. Uh, Simon Hampton out of the US as well on US Sport. Uh, talking to a software developer who's worked on the new PGA golf game as well. And Kevin here on Heartland Rugby. Long-haired fox sounds like a dog breed. Yeah. The Rick dog. <laughs> <laughs> Here's some tips for maintaining your Trex deck. Um. Occasionally wash it with some soapy water or a pressure cleaner. Trex composite decking is low maintenance and won't fade, splinter or warp. Trex, the world's number one decking brand.